Bibles this morning, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to just be reading a few verses, making preparations. And we're going to read in Matthew, be chapter 27. And I think I'm going to start reading about the 61st verse. We had gotten to a place where Joseph had went and got the body of Jesus. He's laid him in a tomb. And here we, we, found, we found Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They were sitting over against the sepulcher, the, against the grave. And this verse of 62 said, Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation. When I was reading the other day, that word preparation come to my mind. Anything in life that you do, you're going to have to make preparations if you're going to be successful in it. But I want to read on before I start preaching. It said, and the chief priest and the Pharisees came unto Pilate. It's my word. Let me read. I'm going to preach already. I'm my word. And it said, saying, sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, that after three days, I will arise again. 64 said, command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people that he has risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, you have a watch, go your way and make it sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, stealing, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now listen to me. They said, we're gonna, we got a little situation. We got to make sure that this that this body don't get removed from this tomb. They said something like the disciples may go at night and they may steal it back and then if they get it out of the tomb, everybody's going to say that he has risen from the grave. Pilate put the pressure on them. He said, I tell you what, boys, y'all want to do it? Just go on and do it. I, I'll just let you be in charge of sealing that tomb. Now, I want you to know something about them, about them men right there. They, them Pharisees and Sadducees, they probably religious folks. Religious folks kind of like us today, boy, when Jesus gets to showing out and gets to doing things, the religious folks, they get a little nervous. See, they're afraid this thing is going to get out of hand. Lord, people are going to be praising, people are going to be worshiping, people are going to be shouting, people are going to be dancing in the street. We can't have it. Well, they was able to go and secure that thing to keep them disciples out. But they couldn't secure it to keep the power of God out. <laughs> Let me say this before I go any further. That stone wasn't rolled back, Brother Keith, so he could get out. That stone was rolled back so we could see in that we got a victorious sheet that is arose from the grave. There are some words right here about this arrow. I looked up the word error. It means a mistake, a miscalculation, a blunder. 
had a had something made in a sentence for me. It said a misplay by a fielder that allows the batter to reach base or a runner to advance. Sin had us. It was all the way from the garden. You say, well, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I can just tell you that we have sin and the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That's it. But don't be mad at God because he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know why you buy a new car and it tears up on you. I don't know why those kind of things happen. I don't know why yesterday I, I had some balloons. We were blowing up for my grandbaby's birthday and some of them got holes in them. I don't know why it happens. But I know one thing. Sin happened. It don't matter. But he loved you so much. He wanted to send love and wasn't no Roman soldiers that, that nailed him to a cross. It was his love that, that, that nailed him to a cross. It wasn't the nails that held him. It was the love that he's got for you. Man, when I think about being lost and undone without Christ, I think about as I tell my folks all the time, I don't know if you remember or not, but me being just 35 years of age, I remember some things that you may not remember. And it was a game, it was called hide and seek. And I told the folks how you would climb up on the houses that time, they wouldn't have any underpinning and you would wait till the feet of somebody come by and you would pick you out a big tree somewhere, that would be home base. And just as soon as you seen them go by, you would run just as quick as you could. And if you could get to where home base was, Rosa, you could say home free, home free. We that have been born again by the blood of Jesus because of an empty tomb this morning and we've grabbed a hold of faith, we can say we're home and we're free. They made preparations. I believe that they made preparations a lie on this Jesus, falsely accusing. I was with the youth this morning and we went through all the way the chapter before in this, in this chapter how they even took the worst man. The worst man that they could possibly find. You just take the worst criminal and Pilate said, well, we, we can release one. And they, they got a man out there, Barabbas, and that, that he, uh, he, 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 deserved, he deserved death. He'd be like a Charles Manson. He deserved his death. The two thieves on the cross, when one said to another, said, why are you making fun of him? Said, we, we hang here. We, we deserve what we got. We're murderers. But this Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. I believe they made preparations. I seen how they was making preparations. I believe it made preparations all the way. I, I believe that cross was already hewed out. I, I believe it was already put together. I, I believe the nails had already been bought. I believe that the crown of thorns, I made one one time to preach for a demonstration. I, I believe it had already been weaved together before that day. I, I don't believe when all that was going on, somebody went out there and picked some thorns. I believe preparations had already been made. I believe that whip that whipped my dear Savior on his back, I believe it was already made way before that day. I don't believe it was made that day. I believe it was made before that day. I believe they'd already decided who was gonna mock him. 
I believe they'd already decided everything that they was going to do to, to spit upon him and all the things. I believe preparation made. I don't believe they just decided that day. I believe it was already made. But these three men, they came in making preparations. Pilate had told them, go ahead and secure the tomb. Man, can't you see them? I mean, can't you see them putting the best soldiers by the tomb? Can't you see them picking out a rock, saying that rock ain't big enough? We got we to gotta get a bigger rock. Can't you see them having, having a conversation? Well, I think we got, surely we got this. No, no one man could move this sort of rock. How they put it in place and maybe they put whatever they had around it to maybe, maybe let it stick a little bit more. And maybe they, if it had been me, I'd, I'd have put some scotches up under the other side of that rock. Like this right here will not help just doing everything that we can in our power to make sure that this Jesus don't come out of the tomb. He said, well, it already been said. Wendell, they already done been said that on three days he's coming. They, they said, look, they done told the story. Man, can't you see on that early morning, on Easter morning, we call it, oh, that sun was brightening a little bit. Bible talks about how the ground began to shake. Our Savior, can't you imagine him laying in there and, and he was dead? You need to understand. You say, well, man, it can't be that much big about a king that would take a whipping like that. I mean, I mean, he did. He, he took a whipping. He, he was beaten. He was bruised. The Bible says for our iniquity, he took the whole thing upon us, everything we've ever done wrong. Our Jesus took it on himself. The Bible said that he that knew no sin became sin. What sin you got? We ain't got to think something bad. You lie every now and then. He took your lies. He became a liar for you. He became a little thief for you. He, he became that gossiping tongue you got that came in heaven. We can't have folks gossiping up there in, in glory. We can't have backbiters in glory. He said, I'll just be all that for you. I'll just be all those things for you. He who knew no sin become every sin that was ever going to be committed in this world. And he said, I'll be that sin for you. I'm going to tell you the big part. He didn't just take that sin. He said, the Bible said, he that knew no sin became sin that you may become the righteousness of God. I don't know if you grab and hold what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a childlike faith, a little child that knows, look, they got sin in their heart. A little child says, man, I believe. I don't care what, how, what age they are. I don't care if they're four, five, six. I said when they get to the point that they believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, they can come and say, Lord, I believe that you who you said you are. I believe that you shed your blood for my sin. You know, I, 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 all these do's and don'ts people have. You know, over in 1 John, we preach it all the time. If you say you ain't got any sin, you're a liar. And the truth ain't in you. And then you make the Bible a lie. Not only you had sin, you still got sin. 
Now let me lay something on you. In order for you to get in heaven, you got to be absolutely 100% perfect. You're going to stand before holy. We was reading this morning in our youth class this morning how Jesus was hanging on the cross. He said, my God, my God, what, why have you forsaken me up here on this cross? He said, because you're going to have to be holy. You've got to be holy. You've got to be 100% absolutely perfect. <laughs> if you've come with a childlike faith, you say, man, are you perfect? Eddie ain't. Oh, I love the scripture says these words. It says, though the outward man perish. <laughs> oh, the inward man is renewed every day. The Bible said that his mercies are brand new every day. Whatever you need to get you into tomorrow, that the Lord showed up and said, look, you're going to need a little help right here. I've got to keep you absolutely perfect when you stand before the Lord. The Bible said, he that knew no sin, Brother Sammy, became sin, that you may be the righteousness of God. Boy, that's why I love that song we can sing. Said, oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the king. His royal blood now flows through my vein. I who was, was wretched, poor, blind, now can sing. Praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the king. <laughs> Boy, I'd, I'd, I'd see them... Pharisees come in and said, look, we got to do something. Said, you think it was bad when this man was walking around and he was touching a blind man's eyes? You think it was something when they went in the temple and they lowered this man down where Jesus was and, and Jesus looked at him and he said, man, just, just take up your bed and walk. That's all you got to do. Just take up your bed and walk. And I, I'd say to you this morning, look, at it don't matter how bad you done been because of the resurrection, because of the power of the resurrection, you can take it up and walk. My, my. A real man laying at a gate, been crippled from birth, begging for alms. Two guys come by. Their name was Peter and John. The Bible said they was ignorant and unlearned. We've been talking a whole lot about this. You ever noticed? <laughs> Somebody think, my word, man, you, you're a preacher. I said, well, he did use a donkey. I mean, don't, don't expect a whole lot. I mean, he, they said that them men was ignorant and unlearned. You ever notice all the disciples and everybody that Jesus used, they was kind of simple folks. You know what simple folks to do? They can understand a whole lot more than wise folks can. Because I'm going to tell you something, it ain't no formula for God so loved the world. There ain't no formula that one man's blood that was shed on an old rugged cross would redeem all of mankind. There ain't no formula that a man had been in the grave for three days and he arose, triumphant, walked out. Yeah. Ain't but one formula. It's because it was predestinated way back from the beginning. He knew all about it. He knew of every wrong. He knew what Adam was going to do. You think, well, Adam blamed the woman. No, Adam didn't blame the woman. Adam blamed God. He said, it's that woman you gave me. You, you messed this whole thing up and a whole lot of folks going to die and go to hell because they're trying to figure it out. Well, I, I just don't understand it. I, I just ain't going, well, look here, you're going to wind up in the devil's hell one day and it's going to last forever. 
And the Lord wants to make you perfect. Why care what the world can do to you? Why care what the world would say about you? Jesus said they hated me. (laughs) Jesus said they hated me. If you come in my name, they'll hate you too. They hated me. He never did nothing to nobody. The Bible says these words that choose you this day, whom you're going to serve. You either going to serve a lie. You said, I ain't going to believe in nothing. You believe it's a lie. <laughs> you chose to believe a lie. You, you're going to believe something. You said, well, I'm not going to make a decision. No, every day we make decisions. And I'm so glad. They said, if he comes out of that tomb, it's going to be the worst drop ball that's ever done had. You think that other arrow is something. By one man... Just like one man, Adam, put a curse on this whole world. Jesus said, it ain't over till it's over. I'm telling you, I'm going to let them whoop me. I'm going to let them beat me. He could have called 10,000 angels. Look, he just took it. He carried that cross. They beat him down. They hung him on a cross. They spit on him. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on his head, stuck a spear in his side. He said, look at the Bible said he did it with joy. He loved loving you. He did it all just because he loved you. Then they killed him. He was dead as dead could be. You right. They whooped him. They beat him. They hung him to a cross. And my Savior died. You got me. He died. I like the part that he died. I love the part that he died. He he came to die. I mean, he didn't come to live. He he came to die so he could be resurrected and so he could walk inside of you and me. We that have come by faith are no better than nobody. Undeserving. Nobody deserved it. The Bible said the best we can do is like a filthy rag. We that have come to Jesus. The Bible said the very moment that we trust him by faith. He said you was bought with a price. Boy, it's so easy for us. The easiest thing you'll ever do is be saved. The hardest thing we'll ever do is represent him in a way that's pleasing every day. The easiest thing you're going to do, it said come with a childlike faith. Little Josie won't be long. I can step, set her up here because she knows I love her. My grandbaby, I can say, Josie, jump. But now if I go get Brother Bruce here, a grown man, I said, come here, Bruce. I need you to do something. Get up there. And jump in my arms and I'm going to catch you. He done been to police academy. He done stoutened up. I said, come on, Bruce, just jump. Just jump. See, you see what's done happen because we've got older, because we got to be a man, because we got so tough. You know who he, you know what Jesus was to start with? I mean, ain't that somehow God would do it? He was just a carpenter. I remember when the Lord told me to build the church here and, and I was a contractor. I just built houses, laid brick, just, you know, 
tell it all all the time and get gaudied, you know. <laughs> Go home at night and, and just throw cornstarch up between your legs and, and get some of a fan in front of a fan. Just hope it's going to dry up there in the morning. And I remember when the Lord told me to build a church. <laughs> I went into the lumber company here and I said, they said, man, we hear you're going to build a church. I said, yeah, the Lord said build a church. I said, don't build a church. I'm a carpenter, I'm building a church. <laughs> he said, do you just, I mean, ain't you go to, got to go to school or something to do all that? I thought, well, I think so. I think you got to go do something besides what I've been doing. But let me tell you how small, how God will use things to simplify things. He said, well, I just don't understand how you can be a carpenter one day. Boy, it was making sense to me then. He said, and a preacher the next day. I said, well, mm. he went from being a carpenter to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the savior of the world. Man, I love that song. It said, if you have to reach way down, Jesus will pick you up. He'll walk off. The Bible said that our sin stunk in the nostrils of God and he just walked off in there where sin was and come off there and redeemed you, applied the blood of Jesus to your life. Now you absolutely 100% perfect. They said, man, it's going to be an error if it comes out of that tomb. I come to tell you this morning in closing that my Jesus loved you so much. He did it all with joy. Man, they was whooping him on his back. It was almost like, I mean, it was almost like he said, hit me again. That ain't enough. It ain't enough stripes. There's people, I mean, in this church, we, we've got six, seven, eight folks sitting here this morning under the sound of my voice that had cancer in a worse kind of way that could be. I'm talking about Brother Benny, the doctor, wouldn't even give him no percentage. He, the man back there, he begged the doctor. He said, man, just give me some percentage. Give me, have I got 5% or 10%? I was there when the doctor said, we can't give you no percentage. We, we can't give you no hope. Hmm. My word, I love that song said when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Look at, he said, look here, somebody just got some cancer. He said, hit me again. His Bible said by his stripes, you're healed. We was already healed. You know, the only thing that God will honor, we were studying yesterday morning. You know, the only thing God will arise to even listen to you on is when you operate in faith. Man, I just feel like shouting. Well, go on, feel like it. He don't honor feelings. He honors faith. Without faith, the Bible said it's impossible to please God. God looked for somebody and said, I believe God's going to save somebody today. I believe God's going to heal somebody today. I believe God's going to set a captive free. I believe God's going to reassure somebody today. It's just faith. Just faith. Just faith. They're going to start the invitation. And the invitation is, 
It's your chance again to make a choice. Just to make a choice. Listen to me. Before I ever got saved, I was going to church three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know how much good it did me? I know you probably think you're bragging. No. I'm telling you, I was a fool. It did me zero good. Zero good. There's a man and woman here. I heard my mother and my grandmother complimenting. And what was said was, is they don't go to church like they ought to, but they tithe, and God has blessed them for tithing. I can remember a man named Mr. Robert Dixon. I remember at 14 years old, I was cutting his grass for 50 cents. He wouldn't let me use my lawnmower with the gasoline. He'd sit on his porch, the old man was, and he would sharpen it, and he would sharpen my sycamore. And it was just a, <laughs> I'd just make the sound. It was just, <laughs> it just cut that grass. And I'd cut that man's grass. He gave me 50 cents. I couldn't wait, Brother Sammy, to put a nickel in that little car and lick it. And I will say that God's been good to me. But do you know what that did? At my tithe and going to church, absolutely no good. I carried my family to church three times a week. Every week. If it was a revival, we went to the revival. You know what that did me good? Zero. None. Most people have heard this story. It'd be your first. My mother would say things to me like, you know, where you're going to church, they brag on you. I thought, boy, that's good. That's good. I'd hear my mama praying for me late at night. Lord, please save Eddie. Back when I was home. Lord, please save my, save my boys. Save them before it's too late. Thank God for a mama 